Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to a new episode of Field Days, an award-winning podcast about news and hot topics related to the Michigan Department of Corrections. Here are your almost witty hosts, Chris Gouts and Greg Straub. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Field Days Podcast. I'm Greg Straub, joined as always by the Department Exposed Person, Chris Gouts. Chris, another... Uh, you know, this 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 season, it was, it was a season seven, is really uh, turning out to be a pretty good season. You know, I think you've, you and Bree have put together quite the list of guests, and um, today is absolutely no different. I know, you know, I get secretly excited when we have, you know, the Candace Dunn Parole Probation Agent of the Year on because, you know, I'm an FOA person. But today today is uh, really exciting for, for me, too. And we have the 2022 Corrections Officer of the Year on today, and that's Neil Costello. And I am excited to ask you a bunch of questions today, and I know Chris is too. Um, but first off, thank you so much for joining Field Day's podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. So so let's get into this. So let's talk about you first, right? So um, I know you've been with the department for around 19 years, right? Yes. Um, all in CFA? Yes, all in CFA. So talk about your career a little bit. So I started in 2002 at the Riverside Correctional Facility. Uh, that was It was once a psychiatric hospital turned into a prison. I was working there for about five years until 2007, uh, until that closure of that facility. I moved over to the Michigan Reformatory. They reopened the reformatory at the same time. Uh, So myself and a lot of staff just transitioned from one facility to the next. At at Riverside, it was uh, residential treatment program prisoners. uh, So a mentally ill facility, and uh, and since I've been at the reformatory, it's it's been nothing but general population. So it's been nothing but change uh, throughout my career, uh, transitioning security levels, and and also uh, dealing with different clientele of prisoners. So it's it's made my career go by very fast in the amount of changes that have taken place just in just in my career. Yeah, no, I agree. It does. Um, you can say that again. It does go by fast. But let's talk about your award now. So did you know you were even nominated? How, how, did, uh, how did you find out first off? Uh, it was all by surprise to me. In January of this year, I was uh, just working at the facility and uh, I worked a mandate on the second shift and I found out uh, via phone call. Uh, unbeknownst to me, the process of that selection uh, was taking place well in advance of my notification that I even received the facility officer of the year. So I was notified not long after that, that I would be uh, a finalist for the overall award. I had a, uh, about a month before I was to go before the training council. And, uh, and there was an interview that took place with that, and uh, my nomination took place then. So everything uh, from January on was just kind of a, a whirlwind. Uh, I didn't have any advanced knowledge of it. And that's culminated to your uh, Field Days podcast guest today. Yeah, I, I, can't, I can't imagine. So, so, but when you did learn that you won, that you were voted um, the Corrections Officer of the Year, what is that, I, you know, I, I, I know you've been here for 19 years, and um, I know you're very dedicated to this work. I, I, you know, I've heard, I, I was at the banquet when you, with your speech and it was, it was, it was great, you know, it was very emotional. And, but what did, when you learned that you won this award, what did it, what did that mean to you? 
I think it was just more of a confirmation that I've always been that type of employee that just comes in and goes to work and does does my job and I'm I'm not out to seek any accolades from it. This this career field doesn't always lend itself to uh, having your efforts recognized in a positive way. Uh, unfortunately, it's it's something that you're you're more often to hear about uh, negative things that happen to staff. So it's it's great to have that confirmation of of that hard work that I've put in over the over the course of the years that I've been employed and and be uh, positively recognized for for that. And uh, so that's gratifying and and it doesn't happen very often. So I'm, it's not lost upon me uh, the honor that that I have in it. Yeah, it, it, you know, you said you were, you know, it's an honor for you, but, um, you know, it's, it's so well deserved on your part. So, you know, let's talk a little bit about that. And what does, like, what kind of officer do you, when you walk into facility every day, or when you started your career, and then, you know, almost 20 years later, what kind of officer do you want to be every time you walk um, inside the facility? Has it changed or is it the same? Our tasks have changed over the years and the things that we've been asked to do over the years have changed immensely. But but the, the goal is for everybody to work in conjunction with each other and have positive influence on each other, a brotherhood, if you will, and accomplishing the task of walking out at the end of the day. I know firsthand what it's like to watch coworkers not achieve that goal. And it, it makes uh, walking in there all the more important that we stay vigilant to each other and advocate for each other to make sure that we all stay safe in, a, in, a, in an environment that is volatile and, and can change from one moment to the next. Yeah, no, I, I uh, you know, it's, this can be a very difficult job, especially over the last, um, you know, a couple of years with COVID and, and you know, the, the amount of you know, positives in certain facilities and the ups and downs of the waves of COVID and, you know, just to stay positive and go in there every single day. What, what did, uh, you know, what did all that mean to you as far as the last couple of years going to see and really connect and try to be there for staff who, you know, were either out of the facility sick, close contacts? Um, what did that, you know, what did that mean to you? It, it meant not just so much me receiving something individually, but it was for me, all, all of the tasks involved in doing my job are, are a team effort. And the facility staff have stepped up in a huge way in the last few years uh, in accomplishing those goals and, and going above and beyond the scope of their, their own jobs, uh, non-custody or custody staff, administrative staff, have all have all done a little bit extra and things that are not necessarily in their post orders and things that are not necessarily in their job description to make sure that we are trying to stay as safe as we possibly can, given the incredible circumstances that have been uh, given to us to work with. Uh, and it's and it's not lost on me the role that each of our employees families play in that. Uh, so I, I spoke on my wife and, and the incredible support that I've received from her. And it's not just her, it's every spouse, every significant other, every family member that has somebody working in this department that has had to sacrifice in one way or another to help and support uh, their spouse 
and getting through these tumultuous times. They are absolute heroes in all of this, and, and they deserve recognition for uh, everything that they've given to this department. Yeah, I wanted to uh, touch on that because, um, as Greg said, when we were at the banquet and we got to hear your, your very excellent uh, speech, uh, there was a couple things that really stood out to me. One you just talked about was, you know, talking about your, your family, your children, and, you know, thanking them because they, you're right that they are often not thought of uh, in that sense. You know, the officers are doing their job and, and that the family are, are at home and they've got a, a big burden to carry um, when, you're, when you're not able to be there. Um, and so that was really touching to hear um, you talk directly to them, and, and we were just a table over, you know, to see them and to, the pride that they had seen Dad up on stage was was really touching. Uh, but but then you also talked uh, what I thought was really important was mental health and and, and mental well being, and uh, I thought that was really important for for staff to hear an officer such as yourself, you know, being so open and and willing uh, to, to talk about that. I wonder if you could address that a little bit and 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 what what that's done for you for these last couple of years, uh, you know, looking at your, like you said in your speech, I think you said, you know, addressing your mental health, you felt like for the first time, what, what, what was that like? Sure. It's, it's been significant. And if you were to have had me speak on that subject, even a year ago, uh, I'm not sure if I could have been strong enough to have that conversation. I'm, I was still in the midst of, of healing from, uh, some of the incidences that took place in my life over the course of 2020. And, and after I sought out counsel uh, from, from my friends, my family, and, and professionally, it allowed me to, to heal a little bit faster and to kind of see things from a more open perspective. And uh, it made me wish that I had reached out and done things in the past where I, where I had been stubborn and I had just let time go by. Sure, time does heal some things, but it doesn't necessarily give closure to it. And having the ability to speak on it and also having staff that I've known personally that have uh, felt like there was no other option for them and, and took the most drastic measure uh, that nobody ever wants to see. It's, it's given a new purpose to me speaking with people now because it's it's so important to me that we open up to each other and help each other through the tough times that we inevitably face uh this job just by itself uh is stressful enough and then you add in a pandemic you add in a short staffing crisis it's, it's incredible circumstances that we're given to our staff and we need to have all of the tools available. And, and that starts with each other and being able to recognize those signs and, and being able to reach out when we feel like we need it and not being ashamed of doing it and not being afraid to do it. Right. No, that's really important. I'm wondering maybe either after your speech or, um, and people heard you talking about that or just around the facility, do people come up to you and, and, and talk about that or, or do they come to you or how do you approach uh, that with your fellow officers or other staff uh, to encourage them to, to do what you did? Yeah, just in the immediate aftermath of that speech, it was the end of the banquet and I had staff uh, both from FOA and from CFA that had approached me and it was uh, very humbling to, to have those people coming up to me and, and telling me 
how much uh, that meant to them and to hear me say that and, and address that. And, and I don't take that for granted. And just trying to convey some of that at the facility level, just in my little corner of the world, uh, being able to, um, you know, positively influence staff and get them to understand that uh, anything that they may be going through is is a temporary thing, and uh, trauma and grief are are temporary feelings and uh, can be worked through, and it's okay to not be okay. Yeah, no, th that's so important. I'm I'm so glad that you said that, and I'm hoping that this, just like your speech uh, at the banquet, will help others to uh, to to get help and understand that it, there's there's nothing wrong with that. And so I, I'm really glad that you're continuing to talk about that and then to open up for uh, your your colleagues. You know, when we when we look back at the um, at the packet, and people wondering, you know, why why you were chosen. I think just listening to you, I think it's pretty clear why you were chosen as officer of the year. But it was talked about how. Your, your skills and your, your attentiveness, you know, over the over the course of your career, that you're making some split second decisions that save the life of of, of staff and prisoners. Uh, that that's the facility side, but there's also things that you do outside of work uh, that you are also recognized for. And um, just like a lot of people at Ionia, you know, we tend to go to the Cops Day at uh, the Ionia Free Fair, uh, but you also um, did some fundraising for the American Cancer Society, the Relay for Life. Uh, and ALS, and, and I was wondering, you know, if you talk a little bit about why why those were important to you, and, and how long you've been uh, involved with those organizations. Yeah, I, I uh, when I was younger, I was involved with with American Cancer Society, and and I participated regularly in in walks and campaigns uh, back then. ALS has up until this year has been fundraising, and then uh, the Ionia Free Fair is something that I've. I can't even count the number of years that I've been involved in that, uh, doing that. I have, I have a great time uh, doing that as every year passes. my I also will donate money to other charitable organizations, uh, just kind of uh, as, as I see people uh, that I know that are going through something and, and trying to pull my money towards uh, meaningful benefits to them. And, but uh, but uh, honestly, it's it's uh, kind of a drop in the bucket for you know time and time and money is concerned. You know I, d I don't really view any of those things as as any grand gesture. It's it's just it's just something that I enjoy to do, and and it's something that also helps strengthen some of that brotherhood that we have with our fellow staff. Going down to events like the free fair and being down there with with fellow staff and being around them. Well, I think, you know, as Chris said, it's, it's pretty apparent why, you know, and it was a, a who's who of uh, corrections officers who were on the list of finalists. So, um, but I think it's pretty clear after listening to you today, why, why you are who you are, one, and why you are the officer of the year, two, your vulnerability, your, your willingness to talk about these things where, you know, some won't. And, you know, you don't have to be in administration or that type of position to be a leader, right? I think... Mm -hmm you are showing exactly that you are leading in your facility you're leading by talking about things that still has a stigma to it right and still people are still scared to talk about you're a leader and it's very apparent and appreciated i can't tell you how refreshing this conversation is and you know how needed this conversation is and, and it just speaks to who you are not only as a professional, but as a human being. So, um, yeah, you know. it's, a, it's an embodiment of, of our facility. We have some, some strong veteran staff that, uh, although 
they they don't have anything on their collar does not mean that they're not influential in the way that they're looked upon at, at our facility and and so it a title is is not necessarily what constitutes a leader and and i i think i along with uh, many other staff are are looked upon uh for that guidance even even from some of our supervisory staff and it's lended uh itself a lot of credibility amongst us and, and credibility uh, amongst the facilities. So yeah, we work very well with each other and, and, and we get the job done. Well, that's very clear. And, you know, Officer Costello, I can't thank you enough. Um, well, first, a huge congratulations and well-deserved and earned award, one. And two, I can't thank you enough. And I know, Chris, too, for coming on field days and talking about all the, all, all the things you talked about today because they are important and it's important to talk about. It's important to continue to talk about and we appreciate you a ton. So thank you for what you do every single day. It does make a difference. And thanks for coming on field days and talking about it. We appreciate it. And I, and I thank you guys for uh, firing Noah Nagy so that way you could have CFA folks like myself on the podcast to be able to speak on some of these things. So very appreciative. And, uh, and again, thank you for having me on. Well, Chris, you know, I, I love uh, when we do these podcasts where we get to really, you know, highlight great people that work for us. You know, we, we do, you know, quite a few on, you know, what's happened nationally or on a special project here or there. But, you know, when we really get to sit down and talk with Corrections Officer of the Year, right? I mean, that's a pretty big, <laughs> that's, that's a pretty big interview. So I enjoy these. I enjoy talking to our staff because it's, it's really great to hear, you know, where they come from, why they do the job, what motivates them, and just their story, you know, of, of what went into winning the award. And I know last week was Jessica Lusky, who was the uh, Candace Dunn Probation Agent of the Year. So, you know, it's just, I, I enjoy these thoroughly, and I, and I know you do too, Chris. And I think you actually have some more good news about staff and a shout out, correct? Yeah, absolutely. And it's actually uh, right there in the Ionia area, uh, just around the corner uh, from where Officer Costello works there at Reformatory. Uh, and this comes to us from, from Ashley, who wanted to give a shout out to uh, Melissa Sanborn, who uh, back earlier this month, uh, MTU had to uh, close a housing unit. And so they had to, in a very short order, do a whole lot of work to get those prisoners uh, to where they needed to go. And that included, obviously, organizing all the transfers, entering all the information in, getting the files packed up. And uh, Melissa, uh, my understanding, was uh, went on site and was there and was uh, recognized by everyone involved as being a huge, huge help. Uh, to making that happen. And so I had uh, some folks here that wanted to give her a shout out because that's obviously a very stressful time and uh, there's a lot of work that goes into that. And having someone who's very good at what they do and has a very calming effect on everyone uh, to get that work done, they wanted to give uh, Melissa a big shout out for her help uh, in doing that. And we have, you know, stories like that, you know, I think like this that happen, you know, quite often. And I'm sure they happen in FOA. Here's a great example of something that happened in CFA where somebody stepped up and just really made what could have been a very difficult process go very, very smooth because of their expertise and professionalism. So these are the, just exactly the kind of stories that we want to hear more about uh, and give shout outs to um, because these, this kind of the everyday work that, you know, would otherwise go unnoticed. Uh, and it's really important to, I think, to recognize and appreciate staff when they do things like this. So a big thanks to, to Ashley for, for uh, bringing that to our attention so that we could properly recognize uh, Melissa for that. No, for sure. And I challenge or urge everyone out there to send those kind of stories in because they matter. What, what we do, I'll say it a thousand times, what we do matters. And if we can highlight that stuff on 
different different platforms and different ways of getting our information out, podcasts being one of them, I think we should. And I think it's really, really great that they sent that in because, I, again, this stuff matters and what we do matters and it should be highlighted. Uh, much like an example, you know, if if I hope everyone sees what Bree sends out, um, the email to MDOC in the news, a very cool story from ABC 12. And I'm guessing that's over um, in the thumb area because this is about Tuscola. And there was a nice article um, written about their sobriety courts and their mental health courts over there and how they are changing lives. So it, it you know talks about the role that we play in there and the judge talks about she sees the person um, when they're convicted and sentenced and then really you know sometimes judges don't see them afterwards but she can see the progress from the day they were sentenced to the day they finished these courts and you know they're changed they're changed people and they have a there's pathways to hope right and it provides pathways to hope where people can grow and get better and be sober and live a, a very productive life so if you get a chance and if you look at that email take a look at that that uh that article because there's a video that goes with it and it's very very touching and it's just it, it talks about the work that we do and how it changes people's lives. So another good story that, com that comes out of FOA. Uh, but Chris, I know you wanted to talk about, there was a graduation, right? A very special graduation <laughs> recently. Yeah, well, well, they're all special. And every every three months, uh, every quarter, we have uh, a new corrections officer graduation. And so, yeah, last week uh, we had another graduation up in the UP. So more than two dozen uh, new corrections officers are starting this week, their facilities. So I know that they are a welcome site to our six facilities uh, up north. So I'm really glad and excited to have that many new folks uh, starting and helping out uh, with the staffing situations at those facilities. And uh, in very short order, in just a couple weeks, uh, we're going to have another officer graduation for the Lower Peninsula, where we've got close to 200 uh, new officers that are going to be filling the ranks uh, at our other, uh, you know, more than 20 facilities uh, in the Lower Peninsula. So huge numbers. It's really great to see a big shout out to the recruitment staff uh, and all the advertising and all the all the work that our recruitment teams are doing at our facilities to have those personal connections and encouraging people to join us. It's been really being paying, paying dividends, and you're seeing it in the in the huge numbers of uh, new officers uh, that are coming into the academy. Uh, it's really great to see, and we hope that that uh, continues for some time to come. Yeah, I'm sure that's a welcome sight to a lot of facilities around the state, and uh, you know what that means for us, Chris. That's over 200 potential new listeners to the podcast, so I, I hope they uh, uh, hear about the podcast, tune into the podcast, and learn a little bit about what's going on in the department, um, the department which they work in. So uh, huge congrats to the UP graduates. So what else you got, Chris? Anything else? We're going to wrap this up now. I think that does it for me. Okay. Well, make sure everybody stays tuned next week to a new episode of Field Days Podcast. All right. As always, thank you for listening. We'd love it if you would help us spread the word about the podcast. You can do that by subscribing to the show on iTunes and leave us a review. You can always follow the department on Facebook at MI Corrections and on Twitter at Michigan DOC, as well as the FOA account at MDOC FOA and the CFA account at MDOC CFA. And you can send any questions you have to the show using the hashtag AskFieldDays.